Hey everyone, this is Siobhan with the Create Beyond Sunday podcast, where we challenge you to let your faith lead your creativity. This is for creatives and the people who love their stories. We are here to produce audio and visual stories that influence and bring people together. It is time for us to create Beyond Sunday. Thank you so much for being on the show. I feel like we've been trying to do this for the past year. Yeah. Has it been like a year? Yeah, life has been uh life has been a little crazy. Just trying to get everything balanced first. Uh, mm-hmm. but it never seems to, you know, balance itself out. So as I was telling you, this is as much as it's for everybody else that's gonna listen, it is for me because it's a place where I get to challenge myself and my guests about being led by God and our creativity and what does that mean? But it's not only for creatives, it's also for people who enjoy our work and what we create. On my first uh, episode back, I talk about being commissioned to create and how God like wrecked me about what does it look like to be led by our faith uh, as we create out in this world. And I totally transparent and being honest with you. I stopped talking about being led by my faith because I noticed that people started to put me in a box. Like, so you're only going to create stories that are, you know, like passion of the Christ. I'm being extra because I can't think of nothing else. I get it. And so I wanted to ask you one because you have like some major pivots from even a year ago when I first reached out to you, do you think, or do you have any reservation for saying like, okay, I I do take my leading from God and what does that even look like? And does it define the stories that you tell or don't tell? Yeah, that's a good question. I feel like, uh, I feel like creativity is so fluid, like Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways it, I like to say that the, the Holy Spirit is leading every bit of my creativity. And a lot of times, many times that can't be explained. Like it can't really be explained like the pivots, right? Like it can't mm-hmm. really be explained of like why I'm taking like different creative liberties, but it's like this, it's just like this knowing that the things that you're doing and and knowing the thing, it's knowing the things that you're doing is being ordained by God, but also like there's also a knowing that the things that I'm doing that are not being ordained by God as well. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, I've tied so much of my creativity to my personal relationship with him mm-hmm. um, that it's just become so fluid for me. Like I think there was a time for, for a while where like I felt like I had to, I had to think about everything. I had to figure it out. I had to figure, okay, well, what what do I want this to look like? Or what do I want to say here? Or following other people on social media, right? Like, you know, you know, stealing like an artist with like a real book that inspired me to this day. But there's a difference between like idolizing those people that you're, you know, quote unquote stealing from and you know, just kind of stealing or being inspired by them. And for the longest time, I felt like I was just, whatever I saw, I liked and I'm taking it. Mm-hmm. Um, which to me was the opposite of being led creatively. Okay. So then how does that look different from like, say your first project, like your first major project to currently? What is the difference? Because I mean, I don't think that everybody that's going to listen to this is necessarily going to be a believer. You know, I hope that. Yeah. But what does that look like tangibly as you, people are reaching out to you for project? Like, is there a difference from Brandon who initially started creating and people are hiring you versus now? Yeah. I think there's a big difference. There's a huge difference in like who Brandon was as a creative I don't know, 10 years, 11 years ago, and who he is today. I think today, Brendan is extremely confident in what he is good at most days. And then there are some days where I still feel like I just started 11 years ago, where it's like, I'm not, I'm not the most confident 
I'm not the most uh, sure of myself. And it has nothing to do with like a position or like a title, but it's mainly just like, you know, there's still days today where I have to go back through my own work, my own portfolio and look at it for myself to be like, okay, you know what? Actually, you're still good. You're still good at what you do, but it's hard. It's really tough because I think being on this side of creativity as as opposed to like where I was 10, 11 years ago, I was hungrier mm. 10, 11 years ago. And whether that be hungry for a good thing or hungry for something that mattered, something that didn't, a title, a position, like I was very hungry. Where now it's like, I'm not hungry as I used to. Which the, the good thing of that is now I just get to focus on like, okay, what type of work does Brandon want to do? What type of uh, creative creativity do I want to share within like these specific projects that I get hired on? As opposed to before, it was like I had something to prove. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of ways, I kind of miss that about myself. Like I mm-hmm. miss, I miss that like hunger and desire to like prove something, even if like it may have been unhealthy, like it's still there. Um, so I wrestle with that a lot, actually. For people who don't know what you do, before I ask on my other question, because <laughs> uh, I'm like, I'm just going here like, yeah, yeah, yeah. these people don't even know what you do. <laughs> so tell people what you do creatively and some of the work that you have worked on. Yeah. So I've mainly been in advertising uh, for the past 10 years, uh, going from agency to agency, start off as a designer and work my way up to become a creative director today. I've worked with uh, and have led campaigns for Sprite. Um, Hilton. I've done work with Yamaha. I've done some work with Rock Nation. I've done Olive Garden, like pretty much a lot of like consumer brands. But it's been it's been interesting. The government, like I, I feel like I've kind of been like well rounded. So, so for people who hear that, because the number one question is always like, how do you get there? It's mm-hmm. like I want to work with the brands. So what would some suggestions that you would give to people? Working with brands, find an agency for sure. I think that's like, that's going to be the first start. Like find agencies that work with brands you would want to work with. Specifically, there's an agency called Havas. They work with like a lot of like the more of like, I don't want to say influencer led brands, but like they, they work with a lot of cool brands. Right. Like brands that like millennials and maybe Gen Z, um, you know, they they use or they're, you know, they consume. I think oftentimes like finding the right agencies to kind of like pick and choose what type of work you want to do, reaching out to those people, making sure that, you know, you're doing your work as well within your book. I'm a big firm believer in doing fake work, doing spec work before I even got to where I was today, my entire portfolio was full of spec work and none of the companies were real. And I was literally just like taking companies that I've always wanted to work for and creating a brand new visual identity for them and basically doing that work that I wanted to be doing with like Mm -hmm. that specific company. So like stuff like that, like you, again, fortunately and unfortunately, you kind of have to like overwork to like get the get the positions, get the roles, get the type of work you want to do. One of the things that I run into a lot is like creatives always wanting to do the type of work that's cool and that's fun, but not really having any experience to show. And just having, you know, again, even just having the spec work, like there's nothing to show that like this is the type of work you want to do. It's almost like, someone walking up to you and saying, yeah, I've always wanted to be a photographer. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, great. Do you have any like photos you shot? Well, no, because I don't have a camera. And it's like, <laughs> okay, well, that's cool. So you have a phone, <laughs> like you have, <laughs> you as creatives, like you, you have resources to, you know, make, you know, do something to make something, you know, and just to practice and to learn through, you know, the spec work that you create for yourself. But I'm running into more creatives these days that don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, They just want to like be in the room and it's not, 
specifically today when it's really tough to get um, to get a job at all, right? Like with the recession, like you have to bring more to the table than just your desire to be in the room. Yeah. Uh, like, what have you done? What are you doing? But do you think that social media has played a role in false idea of what it is to be a creative? Hmm, maybe. What do you, what, tell me more about that. What do you think? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Okay, when you say like people just want to be in the room, right? Mm-hmm. So I think, or even they want to do the fun aspects of creativity. So I think that because creativity has become, um, no shade people, it's become a very like buzzword thing. Like yeah. I'm a creative. Yeah. Um, and we all have now the ability to use our phone and we can post on social media and then we're now a creative, right? right? So I'm just wondering because they don't see like the labor, you know, that goes into the process of creating the idea first. Yeah. I think that it's like glamorized and that could probably be for any industry, but it's glamorized of like at the end I get to see that Brandon said he worked with Sprite or right. So that's what I mean. Like has social media like kind of cut out like the hard work or period? Because I don't think before I like really leaned into being a creative, I don't think I knew like one, this is very isolating. There is nobody with me when the idea initially sparked. And then I'm like processing this idea before I even get to people I collaborate with. Mm. Do you get what I'm saying? I get what you're saying. I think a lot of times what's missing today is like no one is like really documenting their process, right? Like mm-hmm. I used an example a while ago with this exact issue is like, hey, there's a reason why when we were in school and we were in math classes, they would say, oh man, I'm so glad you got the answer, but like show me how you got it, right? Like there's a reason why because mm-hmm. specifically, Math is not just about finding the answers. It's also about the process within the answer. And I think mm-hmm. we overlook that a lot in create as creatives. Like we just want, we see the results. We see people in these roles. We see people working on this stuff. But, and and I'll even include myself in this. Like, I don't think we have done a good job of documenting our process so that people realistically see like what it takes to kind of get in these positions. I see that a lot, and I, I take some I take some responsibility on for that too. Like I, I don't think I've done the best job in that. I think about it too, but when I think about it, I'm like already in the middle, and I'm just like, uh, yeah, next time, yeah. <laughs> and I don't know what that looks like either. You know, like yeah, I don't know what that looks like. Like I've talked to people, I've <laughs> like done like like fireside chat type stuff, like in person, I've. I've taught a class, like, but when it comes to like social media, it's like, I don't know how to show you how this happened or like how I'm doing what I'm doing or like how I went from some random startup in Orlando called Tech Spa to being one of the creative directors for Sprite. I just don't know how to show you that Mm. outside of just having a conversation with you. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, I guess that is the case then it's having those conversations, but I think it's, I think it becomes then with anything hit or miss. Cause the people who need to hear the conversation are probably not in those rooms. Right. Right. So yeah. Thank you for that perspective. And even like asking me what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Most people are like, uh, I don't know. No, no. So I told you I'm the research queen. Oh, yeah, yeah. The scary parts. All right, I'm ready. <laughs> so I had a chance to scroll through several of your social media accounts. And I want to start with, let's just start with Brandon's social okay. media. Because, you know, you have business side, you have Brandon, and you have ministry. Yeah. We're going to tackle all three of them. Okay. You had posted before. And this is, set, I w- you know what, y'all? I'm going to put this so y'all can see it when his episode comes up. 
but you posted this picture of yourself as a kid. Cute little kid. You look very mm-hmm. innocent. Like you, you know, didn't get in trouble. And it says That's a lie. That is a whole lie. <laughs> I was just trying to, you know, boost whole you. Lie. So you say you miss this kid always exploring his creativity. Uh in this new in this new week, I want to focus on being childlike. So often we are suppressed by the realities of life and the world and we forget our creativity is rooted in childlike imaginations. Uh, You want to create without limits that you have placed on yourself. Do you still have that same perspective? Yeah, it's just still hard. And even like, like hard today, Um, like, like today, today, like one of, one of the conversations my wife Taylor and I have a lot is well, not a lot. We just recently started having this conversation about like mental load mm-hmm. and how like a lot of the work that is done, like it's not done in the tasks. It's done in the like the mental processes of like, okay, I got to do this and then I got to do this and now I got to take care of this. I have not been like the best in that space. Like I'm very much just like, my brain, when I, I get to it, if I see it mm-hmm. and when I, you know, like, and that's kind of what it's been like in this space as well, where I'm like, man, I feel like as an adult, it becomes so much harder to be childlike. And maybe that's not the case for everybody, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think there are, I've met a lot of people that are really good about being childlike and some people that that's just who they are. They are just childlike people. But I think for me, the the issue that has come with me staying childlike is really, it's also like dealing with like childhood traumas. Mm -hmm. So like, it's hard for me to stay there because being childlike for me, there are things that happened in my childhood that I also have to address in being childlike. Mm -hmm. So like things that you, you find that you had to grow up too quickly, you know, or like, just various things that like, yeah, you just had to deal with that you shouldn't be dealing with as a kid. Uh, It's like wrestling with those. It's like, okay, I want to be childlike, but also I feel like I've been mature for too long. Mm. I don't, I don't even really know what that means necessarily because I've had to be mature for so long. That got really deep. Hmm. So (laughs) I was like, wait, let me, let me stop for a second. Um, (laughs) <laughs> no, listen, I told you this is uh this is a conversation and it's not like funny ha 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 with you. Yeah. But this is how my group text goes with one of my creative friends. Like mm-hmm. I'm like, how did we get from here to here? But I think it's necessary, especially if we're going to be given our perspective as believers, yeah. because and it's also something that I'm equally navigating right now in my life. And it's something that I don't want to, but I know it's something that needs to be discussed mm-hmm. um, where you talked about, you know, being childlike and then like, I got to address childhood trauma. And then like, what does that look like? And it's funny because I feel like God is doing this like whole unraveling in my life right now, mm-hmm. what it is to be his daughter and like challenging me on like why I don't sh- show up childlike. And then how it affects my ability to create, because then there becomes this like whole tug of war of like, do I trust him like to just tell me to do this and to like do it? So, no, I I totally get it. And I, I think it lends to like a question that I was going back and forth about whether I was going to ask you, but you opened the door. So here we are. Let's do it. Where like God has been telling me, like, I don't do good with lamenting meaning you know mm-hmm. ch- church version for everybody who's not a believer mm-hmm. i don't do good with grieving losses and so i wanted to ask you is that something that you actively take time to do as a creative like grieve the things that didn't work or do you like speed past it because i realize now yeah i am the speed pastor <laughs> yeah no i am a professional lamenter uh, mm. professional like really? I, yes i <laughs> grieve i give grief it's time 
Uh, however long that is, like, I, if it has to be rushed, it's somebody like Taylor coming in and being like, "Hey, <laughs> we get like we she's like wrap it up. We got to move on." But like me, I will take as long as it needs to. Um, wow, as long as it needs to. Like I, yeah. What type of lamenting are we talking about here? Like, what, okay, like, so this is still a work in progress. Progress with me, and it's still a little bit fresh because okay. I'm clearly had therapy about this yesterday. But let's not even say like personally let's okay. say specific to a project okay good example i did a project um during the pandemic like the height of the pandemic so it was already like okay we need masks we had like a whole nurse on set yeah and in the process of that some of the things just the math was not mathing and I know one was because like we're in the middle of this pandemic and this is new. We don't we don't know what's going to happen. But also because we were working together with all like people I have never worked with. And we had to literally like navigate over Zoom. And then some people were literally they're meeting each other in person for the first time mm. on set. Mm-hmm. And so some of it really came out like not good not good. And I don't think I ever sat with it. One, to just wrap my head around like all of the things, because not only that, we also had some like volatile uh, situations. We're just going to put it there. We'll say that loosely. (laughs) And I don't think I ever took the time to sit with like, how did that make me feel mm-hmm. outside of like, how can I show up better as a creative, but no, like how did that impact me, Siobhan, the individual, yeah. not necessarily the per- the producer who was responsible for this. So mm-hmm. that's what I mean. As far as like, if you have a project that you feel like just didn't hit the mark, like, do you lament then? Like, do you, or something that, yeah, that just didn't work out. Yeah. So funny, funny. Uh, you bring this up. I recently just had something like that, that I had to deal with where I shot this ad, um, for our church and it was really good. Like the still, like the still, the screen grabs came out well, like everything looked great. And then I was like, you know, you know, it's time to back up the card into the hard drive and all of that stuff. And I'm like, you know, I'd normally just do it overnight. Came back and um, everything got corrupted. The whole card, every every single piece of footage was gone. And I didn't even I was doing a lot of other work, mm-hmm. uh, so I hadn't even checked it. I just imagined I'm like, oh, it's, I'm not even going to it's fine. It should be good. Um, and like early that evening I was like, you know, all right, it's time to edit. (laughs) And I remember remember just feeling so crushed, like, wow, I just shot from 8am to 2.30. Oh gosh. And it's all gone. And I remember just turning my MacBook off turning everything off. I left my phone down here in the office, turned the light off and went upstairs and just sat on the couch the rest of the day. (laughs) And I was like, I I have nothing else to give. Nothing else to give. So like in the process of like losing something Mm -hmm. uh, or let's say like a pitch not going well, or I think that all can be like categorized, like losing something. I take that stuff pretty personally. Like, Mm -hmm. To the degree with like even what happened with the corrupted card stuff, like in my brain, I'm like, man, like maybe I should have came back down here or something like that. Like I, I some somehow I'm I'm always able to like put myself in a in a space where I'm like, well, I should have done this, Mm -hmm. Um, even if that may not be like the healthiest thing or if like it may not even be true. But I'm like really good in the worst way of putting all the responsibility on myself, even if there's really nothing I could do about it. So. But how do you recover from that? Just time for me. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. 
I, that's what I was saying earlier. Like I have to take the time. Right. Like I can't rush that because if I rush it, it'll keep popping back up for me. So mm-hmm. like, you know, I've gotten really good at the last three years, probably since, since COVID started, I've gotten really good at like doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Like absolutely like no TV, no phone. Like I just need to sit here and just process so that may look like, like I said, me closing everything out and going up to the couch and just being like, all right, I just need to sit here for a little while. Or like, I mean, very personal. Like there are days where I'll like go in the bathroom, pitch black and just sit there for a second. Like, all right, I mm-hmm. just need, I just need a moment of like nothingness around me. Yeah. Um, like I don't want to focus on anything. I don't want my eyes to focus on anything. I just need to sit here with just my thoughts. So I do that a lot too. but. It doesn't feel good, right. but I know for me, like it's, I need it. I have to do that in order to like truly get over something. Thank you for perspective. <laughs> I'm going to do better. <laughs> it's my, it's on my plan with my therapist. I got to do better with that. <laughs> uh, okay. So what are you watching right now? Uh, I'm like looking at the TV. Um, what am I watching right now? Mm-hmm. Not nothing, there. nothing like I'm gonna be oh, honest. Oh, come nothing. on, creative. All oh, creative. no, 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 I got stuff. Okay. It's not, it's not edifying at all. <laughs> I mean, okay, so I will say at this. All. I will go, I will go first on okay. this one. You know, y'all, I'm a work in progress. Enjoy See, yourself. Me too. Um, so, okay, I will tell you one of my favorite like things to watch. It's a comedy and it's about kids and the teacher. What is that called? Abbott Elementary? Yes. Thank you. Yeah, great show. So that was, that's one of my favorite, like, yes, feel good yeah. shows. I want to yeah. laugh. Um, it reminds me of 90s TV because mm-hmm. I have a thing about TV right now, but I ain't going to go down a rant. And then the other thing that I'm watching right now is Franklin Saint. What is that? Oh, uh, Snowfall. Yes. Yeah. So I okay, watch Snowfall. Okay, so my my disclaimer about Snowfall, because my friend asked me the other day, I don't know how we talked about it, but she was asking me, what am I watching? And I was like, Snowfall. And she was like, she hasn't watched it. And she's my, we talk about everything, TV, Mm -hmm. media. And she's like, she couldn't because it was giving her nightmares. And I'm very, but I'm also equally very sensitive now. I used to not, like when I was a kid, I used to watch. Yeah. Like scary movies now I can't I cannot watch no scary movies wow. like if it comes on I'm like I'm leaving because yeah. I will my dream life is very active mm. so it's gonna pop up but I will give this disclaimer on snowfall I now have gotten to the point where certain things like I cover my eyes yeah. <laughs> and Wait, on what like what'd you cover your eyes on okay the part... I've, I've watched it I've watched it all Okay, so you're caught up. Yeah. Okay, so it's the part where Jerome, uh, not the last episode, this episode, well, two episodes before, the second episode, where he is coming to the girls that are working for Franklin. And... um, Oh, yeah. I couldn't watch it. Yeah, that was hard. That's hard for me to watch. It's hard to watch. That was too much. One, because you know when you, you become attached to the characters. Yeah. And so I was so disappointed because I'm like, this is not even you. Like, this is that's, not who you that's are. That's what made it even like more jarring. Because yes. it wasn't like, it wasn't like, this isn't you. This is out of character. You shouldn't be doing this. It was like, this is not you, which lets me know that he has completely become unhinged. Like it made like to me, it made even more sense that like, oh, he is really over the edge. He is gone. He's gone. I can't. Yeah, I agree. That was that was a messy scene. That was hard. I was like, that was hard to watch. Yeah, and I love him. I love him a lot. Like I, I love his character. Like he's like the, yeah. That was hard to watch. Yeah, so that's what I mean. Like I, I can't. I I can't. I can't because it's just like uh, this is too much. Um. Okay. So this is good then. So my question is for you. Are there not on what you watch, but are mm-hmm. there any things where you feel like it's totally off limits on what you're going to create? 
Because granted, yes, you're in the mm. advertising space, yeah. but you tell stories visually, period. So are there things that are off limits? This is my uh, ongoing debate with my friends that are creating. Yeah, that's a really good question. Is there anything off limits that I would create? Mm-hmm. Probably nothing involving uh, drugs. Mm-hmm. That's probably that's probably a, like I don't think I could create a snowfall. I'm just not that guy. Like I'm yeah. not I'm not John Singleton. Like I can't. That's <laughs> just not that's not my calling. But that's a really good question that maybe I need to explore more because like my brain says I can create anything I feel like, but Mm -hmm. like, is this something I should be creating? Like, should Mm -hmm. this story come from me at all? Like, that's a really good question. Is there there certain things that you know for sure? Like I could never create that or I don't, I don't want to create that. Um, yes. But my friends always tell me like, why do I got to be dramatic and say it the way I say it? recently I did a poll and it'll come up on another episode, but I did a poll about um, asking people, random people, people create people who watch TV halfway, watch it about how they feel about sex scenes in shows. Yeah. And I was very surprised by the result. Yeah. Very. And it's still really? ongoing. Um, yes. And it only came, my question about it came from, um, of course, Twitter. But somebody on Twitter had posted they feel very awkward about that, especially if they're watching TV with like their parents or mm-hmm. and so and then it's become a thing with I can't think of that guy's name. As y'all know, which Brandy you don't know, I I am trash with people's names. Like show <laughs> names, it's a thing. But it's the guy from, I think it's the guy from you. I don't want to misquote, but mm-hmm. a very well-known actor has basically taken a stance saying like, he no longer wants to participate in sex scenes. It is the guy from you. Yeah. Thank you. I ding, saw that. Ding. I, I, I saw need that. a ding on that. Okay. I saw it. Yeah. So it's now become like this whole conversation. So to, to answer your question, yes, I, I definitely... W- I, and I think it comes from ingrained in me with my mentor when I went to school for screenwriting, Mm -hmm. he was very adamant about like, he was also very older, but he just felt like sex scenes did not move the story ahead along. He was like, he felt like it was very easy way instead of having to tell it, you know, a different way today, Siobhan at, at this date. No, I think that's definitely a, a, a no for me. Yeah, yeah. Sex scenes are weird. They're so weird. I'm just like, and they've always been weird. They've always been weird. And like, I start even now. I'm like, yo, do you know how you know how weird it is to be watching a show and like the show is good, and then the sex scene comes on, and you're just still watching the show. Like they're still like, you know what I mean? Like nothing changed. Like you know, you could have watched this amazing scene, and then now they're in like this type of scene, and you're just watching like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like you're like, okay, what do I, you know, what do I? You're like, wait, 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 wait. Like, yeah, <laughs> especially if it's unexpected and you're like watching it with a a layered generation of people. Yeah. there. it's just like, uh, yeah. What do we? I do? don't. Yeah. I've never understood its importance, like to anything. Like, and, and like, I've watched some stuff where they do it very tastefully. Like, it's not like like a full scene or like, it's like a, Oh, and they got romantic. And then now we're on to the next day. Right. But like, there's some stuff like, this was one of the reasons I had to stop watching power. Uh, I was like, yo, power is nuts. Like, yeah, they, not, they, they did just go to the left. <laughs> like, what are we watching? Like, what is this? And this yeah. definitely for the amount of times y'all do this, this don't move anything along. Like, no, we get at it. At this point, y'all are just kind of throwing this in there because you know audiences will watch it and they like to see it, right. especially on the Showtime or Stars. Like, but yeah, that nah, that's always been weird to me. Always yeah. been weird, and yeah. I've always I've always found it weird. Like, if I'm with other people, 
And like normally, like when that's when that kind of starts to happen, I'll like go to my phone or like I'll get right because you're like, like, okay, what do I do? Yeah, yeah, because I don't know what else to do. But like I always find it weird when I look over and people are just like, <laughs> like staring dead at the screen. Like, wait, wait, are you really into this scene right now? Like, <laughs> we need to talk. Are you okay? Oh, Why are you showing so grain into the scene? <laughs> <laughs> oh so, gosh, that is so nah, funny. That's always been tough. That's okay, always so been hard. Okay. I'm giving you something to think about. Like yeah. Yeah. going forward, is that something that you know, just in general? And I always ask that question because, like, for somebody who may work for an agency, you don't get to pick who your clients are. And so I think that there's this conversation that doesn't happen. It happens a lot with creatives. It's like, don't do this, right? Don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. But there's not that same conversation with somebody who works a nine to five. Because there are things that happen at your nine to five that you don't like. Yeah. That may be unethical. Right. So what do you do then? So I'm just, I've been taking a poll. Like, what what do we do in that in that space? And I just don't think that as the Christian creative community, that's not a conversation that happens. It's more of less like, don't do this versus like, let's have this layered conversation. So, yeah. You yeah. know, definitely talk about have something that. to think about for sure. Yeah. Ask your other creative friends. Let me know what they say. <laughs> <laughs> Let me know what they say. So, recently you changed your business name. Mm-hmm. Why is that? I felt like. Plot Twist is a great name. I love Plot Twist. Like that name to me is, yeah, that's, that's, I love that name so much. Um, but I felt like with everything kind of happening economically, climate, like it's just, it just hasn't been the best. I felt like it was better to like start kind of moving more of like into like independency mm-hmm. while working with others and not showcasing it as we are a team and we do this together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got like really, I got really confused with the things that I was building out for myself. Like, okay, so you have, you have your personal site. That's like your narrative stuff or like more like more fun things. And then like you have plot twist, which is like more commercial agency work. Mm-hmm. But like, why, like, why, like, why do you have, why do you have two websites showing work? Like it just yeah. didn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on top of that, like with the other stuff, um, you know, that I've been doing with church in a while to um, just like personal stuff, like it got really difficult to like differentiate what's what, uh, what platform is for what, and just, it just, it got really messy for me. So I just felt like it was time. I feel like I'm usually really good about figuring out when pivots need to happen. Mm-hmm. So this time around, I was like, I, I just feel like this is the right direction and just a way to go. Like, this is my work. This is where you can find everything that I've done from creative direction, art direction, editing, production, whatever it is. Like, this is where you can find all of that. Uh, so there's no more confusion. Okay. That makes sense. I am there now too. I get yeah. It. <laughs> I'm like, what is this? Like, no. Right, right. Confusing yourself. Yeah, Yeah. like, just over there. Yeah, and I thought it was cool to be like, this is Brandon, personal, and like, this is Brown, like, business work stuff. So I just thought that was a cool little. Yeah, no, that's pretty dope. Tell us about that. So Church in the Wild is a missional ministry here in Atlanta focused on helping people meet Jesus where they are. Um, and building community in new spaces. So we uh, started developing this, um, my wife and I, last January, February or so. It literally just came as a download. Like this was not something we were sitting around trying to ideate on. And uh, when we started working through it and seeing like what this thing is, you know, actually is, we started realizing that like a lot of the resources and a lot of the things that we have today is like, pretty much what we can use to build this up. So everything from um, online, like gatherings to we're planning our first uh, pop-up here in Atlanta, our worship pop-up here, 
to our own version of small groups. Like we've been kind of like developing these things and finally getting to a place where like we've kind of been rolling out, like just kind of building brand awareness of church in a while, mm-hmm. but like finally getting to a place where like, Oh, okay. We're re- we're like actually about to like hit the gas and start on these things that like we've been, you know, planning and developing and talking about uh, for the past like year or so. Um, so equal parts network, uh, discipleship and uh, community. Okay. So then with creativity, church in a while, how do you make sure that your identity is not rooted in any of those titles? <laughs> wow. I wish I could have seen it. Ask that one more time, because that okay. was really good. <laughs> so, Church in a while, right. Brandon Brown, mm-hmm. your business, how do you make sure that your identity doesn't become rooted in the things that you do as a creative? Yeah. And as uh, someone who's now establishing this community for Christians and introducing people to Christ? I have no idea. <laughs> for real like i don't no, that's know a good answer. <laughs> i don't know and now that like you've asked it i'm pretty sure that i've like rooted my identity in all of these things even like agency like because i know i've rooted my identity in that and it's taken mm-hmm. a while for me to like release that mm-hmm. but i don't think i have mm-hmm. um just being transparent like I think anything that I have created for myself or like we create for others, like there is a piece of identity in each and every single one of them from me. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've ever been able to like just create without doing that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a good or bad thing now that you've asked it. I don't, well, you know, it was a trick question, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it's a good or bad thing. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like this. I, I feel like in life and anything, you can go too far to the left or too far to the right. Yeah. And I think that it's uh, it's a balancing act of making sure you just don't go too far right or left. Right. And I can say that I have felt like spurts of time where I, I, what I didn't feel attached to what I did. Mm-hmm. But then I also had the question, am I trying to like have this buffer? So if there is rejection, I don't, I'm already like, uh, it doesn't matter. Right. So I think it's something that one, I, I do believe that like having people in your life to speak truth to you, like, Hey, you know, when this is all said and done, you know, like when you've gotten to the point where it's like, okay, this is, we're finished. Yeah. Like, do you feel rest? You know, like, do you feel at peace about it? Or are you still like trying to make it happen? So I think it does matter to have people in your life to kind of check in. Like, you know, yeah. we, we care about you regardless of the stuff and what you yeah. do. No, that's really good. I don't think I've done a good job of that um, in any capacity. Like, 10 years. I don't think I've done a good job of that at all. I feel like that might be what leads to the exhaustion, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you, you do put so much of yourself into the things that you do and mm-hmm. you don't, you don't even, it's not even an intentional thing. Like you don't know you're doing that. It's not mm-hmm. something that you make a thing where I'm going to build this. And I'm going to put myself into it. Like you just yeah. kind of do it. And yeah you don't realize how much of yourself is in that thing until you're at a point of exhaustion and you're like, okay, I've, yeah, I've, I've given it all I got. Um, so I, yeah, that's interesting. I got to explore that too. That's two things I have to explore now. Uh, <laughs> that one is like, yeah, but that one is hard because mm-hmm. like a therapist would definitely tell me that could be very harmful. Mm. Very, very harmful. 
this is where, okay, I think a clear indicator for me, and when you said it, it was like, ha, yeah, it's that point of exhaustion, right? So like yesterday, yesterday was a rough day for me. And I'm so used to being like, no, but like, there's a list, there's a to-do list, there are things I got to get done. Yeah. And I was like, am I never leaning into God in this capacity because there's this to-do list? Like, do I not believe that like God is sovereign and he's going to like make sure that I'm good? And so I literally at 1.30 turned my computer off Mm -hmm. and I had to even though I had to mentally keep saying like, yeah, no, when you get back home, like you're not going to keep, like you're not going to pick it back up. Like I went, I took myself to lunch and I came home and I did nothing. And I think that is always an indicator for me when I have started to make it like my identity or even like there, it's the end all be all with me. Um, And I just think that is my alarm. Like, yeah. And I, I don't like that it takes me to be tired or that something does something to tip me over versus like, there's this like check, like, wait, did you rest? Like, did you take time to like, just do nothing? And one of my friends is super big on like, I mean, she picks, I don't know what day she picks, but observing the Sabbath, like she's on Mm. me, like, She's like, did you do nothing today? And I'm like, girl, no, there's all these things to do. <laughs> like, what do you mean? Right, right. But like, she's been challenging me and even like my therapist just about, yeah, but what happens is because you never stop and you also don't think that like the world revolves around you because <laughs> that, you know, sometimes it do. Your body makes you, you're, you know, like, or, you know, yeah, your body just makes you because you're exhausted. Yeah. So, yeah. Nah, I, I hear you, though. I would be very interested to see, even for you who have, you have an additional new hat with Church in a while. And even I would love to know, you know, maybe you and your wife can talk about this in one of y'all conversations. Look yeah. at me, giving y'all something to talk yeah. about. <laughs> but yeah, I would love, like, especially because y'all have a new, like, people are identifying you now with the, like, hey, there's church in a while. We are looking to you for wisdom. Granted, you know, you point them back to Jesus. But that's like another hat. And like, yeah. when does that hat get to rest? And what does that look like? Yeah, that's good. That's good. I know that there's like this space that's coming, not being super deep, but there's a space coming where believers are supposed to put out things into the earth that do more than last for 15 seconds. Mm. And it's a conversation that me and my friend keep having. Why do we keep watching movies and shows from the nineties? And not to say that they were like perfect. Cause you know, they weren't, mm-hmm. right. but they, they show like humanity in a way that it still lasts now. Like I still watch the fresh Prince. I still yeah. watch I mean, you probably don't, but I still watch Golden Girls. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. there are so many shows I still watch, and I just feel like we're missing it. Not everybody, because there are good shows now, but I feel like I don't want any more reality shows. And I used to be the consumer of reality shows. So this this will be my last question for you. What do you feel like? uh, And you can say the space of TV, film advertisement what do you feel like needs to be put out that's not being put out oh man we need uh right now we need shows and movies that depict real life with people who follow jesus that is not cookie cutter that is not courageous that is not tyler perry that like feels very, very authentic. And that doesn't sugarcoat the things that we deal with and the things that we we have to journey through and navigate through. And, you know, I the show that comes to mind is one of my favorite shows right now. It's called uh, Raimi. What is uh, that? I don't, I don't know what that is. Raimi is on FX, which is on Hulu right now. 
I'm Googling it right now. This, yeah, it's about this uh this Middle Eastern millennial guy who who's trying to navigate his way through New York, but also still keep his faith. And that show is so good. And wait a minute, why have I not heard about this? How many seasons, <laughs> how many seasons has it been? Three, three seasons. Wow. Even better for you. Time to binge. It's time to binge. That show is so good because it does, it explores so many things that like, of course, there are major differences in like what our beliefs are, mm-hmm. but there are some like similarities that they nail so well that like they just, um, like, I think like one of the first scenes in uh the first season he's like going at it with this girl in the back mm-hmm. of a van or something like that mm-hmm. and he pauses and he's like i shouldn't be doing this and it's like the whole scene is like her being like basically kind of like not even just peer pressuring him but almost mm-hmm. like kind of shaming him and like he now has to like deal with this like for the whole sh- like the whole episode, mm-hmm. and it was just I was watching. And I was like, "Yo, we don't get anything like that. Like everything that we have or that we make, uh, it is it, it is, is just so <laughs> it's just ter- it's bad. It's really bad. Yeah. And watching that show, it just inspired me so much. I was like, "Yo, we have to get we have to get some real life depictions of like what this is because." A lot of times, I think people are like led by who we are in media mm-hmm. based on like what news is showing us or just what media is showing us. But then, like again, Tyler Perry and you know all these other movies and shows and plays. But like this show, it like because it was written by the main character who is mm-hmm. Middle Eastern, it has like this extremely authentic depiction of like their culture and like the things that they believe and why they believe them. And like, maybe some of the things like are conflicting with like, it just goes into like everything. And I was like, yo, we have to do that. We have to have that. We have to stop being scared of curse words. We got to stop being scared of real life situations. We got, we like, we got to stop. We got to have something. Oh, why you had to go there, Brandon? You gotta have something. I was trying to wrap it up. Uh, (laughs) Like, why are we so scared of words? Come on. Okay. Really quick. Go ahead. Go ahead. So, one, I'm going to watch it. I was over here reading it like, oh my gosh, why have I not seen this? I'm going to binge watch it this weekend. So, So, but where is the line? Okay, so we can't be afraid of curse words because real life, because let me tell you something. Why I have nephews <laughs> and yeah. they, they don't say no curse words. My brother is not about that business, but yeah. what they, okay, good example. What they experience in school, mm-hmm. like my nephew who is five, about to be six, has never heard a curse word because yeah. like his parents don't curse. My mama and his grandparents don't cur- like no, like and even if somebody they're never going to do that around them. Right. My nephew came home. He's in kindergarten, and told us about the girl in his class who her second language is curse words. Wow. She's five. Yeah, that's crazy. So I get I get what you're saying about that in like real life and not sugarcoating it. But where is the line? Because yeah. I do agree with, we do, we right now, in some, and I don't even know because I don't watch Christian. Me neither. Things. It's corny. <laughs> I don't watch it. I try. I'll be trying. Corny. It's so corny. But are we as believers perpetuating what we do mm-hmm. on Sunday? That we come in and we're perfect. Mm-hmm. So do you think it is that we cannot handle the truth or do we like, why do you think that that is a struggle for us? And I, I do believe that's why it's like, as a creative who is Christian, it's like, don't go, you know, into Hollywood because 
you are now you are now part of the devil. So like, why don't we want the truth or why don't we want to even like talk about things that we really go through? Like, why is that? Why is that off limits? Why do you think? Because I know you don't know. I think it's both. I think it's like both of those reasons, like hand in hand. I think it's I think it's us not wanting to like share with people outside of our circle, like what it is we struggle with. I don't think people want to see themselves in that space. Um, and I also think that there's like a certain level of like image that, you know, Sunday morning you, you got to upheld and you want that upheld in every single scenario that involves, you know, your community as, you know, believers. The issue I have isn't necessarily though, like us using language. Mm-hmm. It's, real life situations where things happen and things are said but you've you've written the script to be christian as if everyone talks the same mm, that's okay. my issue okay or every single scenario ends with a miracle mm. at, that, at the end of the movie that's my issue. Like sometimes hope extends way past the end of the movie. Sometimes you don't get to see the, like, you know what I mean? Like there's so many things that I just feel like we have kind of made like Christian movies and TV, like Christian Disney. And it's just not real. That's not, none of that is real. The, outside of Tyler Perry doing the stuff he was doing and like, daddy's little girls like that was nuts but like (laughs) but it's just anytime i've ever seen a christian film Mm -hmm. it has like to me to me as a creative it's like one of the worst representations Mm. Mm. and it's and if you think about it christian film and tv it's really for us like it's self-serving like we don't need that which is why I love a Ramey because like he will touch on everything and allow people to like look from the inside out or yeah. One of those he'll allow people to look inside to say, Hey, this is what we're like. This is what we struggle with. These are some of the questions and some of the, like the conflicts we go through or like, yeah, but I don't feel like we, we don't do that. That is so good. No, I like I like that you said, like, we don't give people the ability to look inside and say, this is what we're like yeah. when, but you know what? Oh, this is good because the biggest thing, and I, I used to say it a lot that I would say most Christian film, it's because we want it to be redemptive. Right. Yeah. But I think in our quest to be redemptive, we have still not told the truth mm-hmm. because like you said, if I'm looking in at all of the ones that have, well, the ones that I've seen, which is probably like three, I still don't see me or the things that I have ever gone through. Right. Right. That's really good. Now, Brandon. Yeah. If this ain't good, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to watch it this weekend. No, nah, it's really good. <laughs> it's really good. Um, I'm going to watch it. Jeez. Yeah. That's such a good point. Like, yeah, no, we, and I think it's because we have decided to bear this image of perfection. When I tell my friends all the time, if we made a movie straight from what is written in the Bible, it's, the, the people in the Bible is messy. Yeah, the whole Old Testament is messy. It's messy. I was like, y'all was thing. out here like sleeping with your 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 dad's wife and yeah. purposely getting pregnant by and, and faking like you you covered yourself so this man ain't know you was like his daughter in law. Let's not get into uh, where did when <laughs> Adam and Eve birthed Cain and Abel. Who birthed the rest of the people? Listen. <laughs> Listen. You know. how, did, how did how did how did life continue going? Listen, but you know what that is though? If that was really created, 
It's because we don't like the tension of one saying, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Right. Or even right. R- or wrestling with like, yeah, it sounds really jack- jacked up. But listen, the great thing about it is like Jesus went to the cross for us and like he saved us. Yeah. So if you're <laughs> a little bit messed up, come on. <laughs> There's right. room. Right. There's room. Uh, yeah, this is good, Brandon. See, yeah. this is worth the whole year of us trying to yeah. figure this out. I don't know if it was a whole year. I feel like it. Don't make me go no, back I, to my email because I'm, I'm also the, the, re- the receipt queen too. Yeah, let me look through before you look through and I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. But thank you. This has been good. I appreciate yeah. it. Um, thank you. I definitely appreciate it. If you enjoyed this, please share it. Talk about it amongst your other creative friends. Always rate and review us and we definitely will see you on the next episode.